to put your cell phones on silent because this is another episode of Academy Outcast. We are Cinemagic Education from one friend to another. I'm your host, Morgan Spatola. And I'm your co-host, Thomas Jernigan. Morgan, I like that little spin that you you put on at the uh, cell phone bit because that's what they say in movie theaters. Hey, right? because we talk about movies here. Because not everybody follows those rules. And they text during the movie. That's me. And they're like, you know, 14 years old, and they're like talking to their other people. I'm 14 years old. Yeah, Morgan is, is 14. <laughs> she just looks older um, and sounds older and whatever. But um, anyway, let's hope not. Let's hope I not. have to text all my friends on the Snapchat. Let's, let's hope uh, the Snapchat? I'm sorry. I, I don't know. I'm too old. <laughs> well, I, I can't even pretend. A really old 14-year-old yeah. girl saying the Snapchat. But no, right. anyway. You know what? Before we dive into this episode, let's talk about movie theaters because okay. I, I kind of hate people at times. Sure. And when I say at times, I mean all the time. I can relate. And when I mean some people, I mean like most people. Yeah. Um, and they're just, I mean, people walking in like five minutes after the movie starts with like three hot dogs and a bucket of popcorn. Why do they even sell hot dogs at movie theaters? It's just, uh, are you eating lunch or dinner in the movie theater? I mean, yeah. I guess there are those, you know, dine-in, whatever, but I, I still mean, think it's ridiculous. That, yeah, it really is. And uh, to, 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 you know, touch on the dine-in movie theaters. First of all, people think that just because they're eating food and having a beer, it's like, they think they're at home. I mean, they, like, scratch their beer, Ew. you know, bellies and just, like, burp and just, like, put their feet up and just, like, Bruh. I mean, the, it's, the seats do recline, though. They they recline, but I went to the Scottsdale uh, Mall to see the new It movie, which was amazing, Oscar-worthy movie, and they had an amazing auditorium that had reclining seats, yeah. but they didn't allow any, like, you know, actual food or drinks to be served. And I like that. I, they should yeah. have that because the whole, like, dine-in, you know, get drinks and have servers walk in front of you. It's very it, distracting. It's, it's, it bastardizes the, the movie experience. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what are we doing right now? I think we're doing a podcast. Oh, yeah, that one thing. I think this is a podcast where, for those of you that don't know... Uh, you give me a list of movies you think that I have seen, and I tell you what I have or have not seen. And, and then, it loads of fun. Yeah, and then we pick one and we watch it and review it, right? Yes, and I'm always so astounded by the uh, films that you have not seen. It's fantastic. Hit me with that list. All right, well, let's let's start off with one, because I, I think I've tried to uh, include... At least one Scorsese movie in every list that we've had. I don't. There may have been one or two that I've missed, but huh. um, okay. I think I did Casino One, Aviator, anyway, whatever. Obviously, Martin Scorsese is the uh, head honcho of any film buff. Anyway, so I'm going to start off with uh, one of his latest um, that was uh, it was good. It was decent. Sometimes it can kind of come across as a little bit of a douchebag movie, but if you're looking for the right things. It is a uh, work of art, which is The Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street. So luckily I have heard of this one. I have not watched it, though. Do you know what it's about? It's about um, a Wall Street man who's, like, in prison or something, and then his daughter is dating a guy who, like, becomes a Wall Street man, right? Whoa, no. What movie is that one? (laughs) I don't know. That's a different movie. All right, never mind. 
Wait, but what movie is that? I don't know, but that's totally a movie <laughs> okay. that I know about. All right, so it is about a man who works on Wall Street. Oh, okay. He does go to prison at the very end. Hey. I guess I kind of spoiled it, but um, anyway, yeah, it's about... Um, <laughs> Shit. Yeah, really, right? Um, no, but it's about, it's based off a true story. Um, guy who just, you know, is really sharp at selling stuff. He gets uh, a group of just ragtag people who, whatever, they sell shit to rich people and they make this big company out of it. And he's a drug addict. He's an alcoholic. He does all this crazy shit to cover up as much, uh, all the money that he's making sometimes illegally. Um, obviously Scorsese, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jonah Hill is really kind of first, like, dramatic not necessarily dramatic but like serious role that he's had um and uh a lot of other cool elements and it's just it's just very fast paced and the editing is amazing uh Thelma Schoonmaker I believe who's been with Scorsese ever since I believe Raging Bull um Mm. which was in 1980 um and uh just amazing movie and it's uh I think underrated in the library of uh, Scorsese films uh, because these, those film buffs out there, are like, well, anything new from Scorsese, you know, let's stick with the older shit, but whatever. So, next movie, The Grand Budapest Hotel. I have seen that one. You ha- you've seen it? Yeah, oh! When I was getting my tattoo. Oh! My tattoo one? artist, my big one on my arm, my okay. tattoo artist has a gigantic library of VHS and DVDs. Oh. Um, and when you get your tattoo, you pick a movie Ooh. and you put it in the TV and you watch the movie while they do your tattoo. What's the next movie? Oh, hey. Okay, Morgan. The next movie, this movie stood out to me. I don't own this movie, oh. but I've seen this movie multiple times and I would not mind too much to purchase it. Okay. Because it um. reminds me of what one goes through when they are starting up a film project. Oh, Interesting. And this is based off of a real person, somewhat of a true story. It's about basically a director, producer, screenwriter, actor in the 1950s and early 60s that makes these just corny B-horror movies. <laughs> um, and they're just almost laughable. Okay. Um, they're just like crazy, like slasher films in the 80s, but, you know, in equivalence to the 50s and 60s. Wait, what's it called? Are you going to tell me? I'm going to tell you Okay. Um, <laughs> sure. Tired movies in black and white. Oh. Uh, Tim Burton, Johnny Depp, Martin Landau, I believe, a few other people, and they just totally captures like what it what it is to really start from scratch and to do some fundraising, get your actors, get props, get get cameras, everything like that, and just make this like guerrilla style type movie and everything like that. Um, so great movie, Ed Wood. Nope. Never. 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 Not even. Not many people have. No. Not many no. people have. Okay. But it is probably, in my opinion, by far Tim Burton's best film. He's Interesting. By far. Uh, next movie. Drive. Drive. Is that the one with Ryan Reynolds in it? Yes, he has it the is. face tattoo? Not the face tattoo. That was the place beyond the pines oh. that we had talked about earlier. But he's like a bad guy. He's like a criminal. Yes. Yes. That's all I know. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I knew what actor was in it. That's yes, you amazing. Did. That's good. That's good. And okay. So this was the first movie that I actually took Ryan Gosling. Um, oh, Ryan Gosling. I said Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, Ryan Reynolds is different. Uh, it's a Deadpool guy. I get them mixed up because they're both named Ryan and they're both pretty. Yes, they are. They are. Pretty. Anyway. <laughs> um, anyway. But no, this was the first movie that I actually took Ryan Reynolds. I'm, oh my God. Why did I say that again? Ryan Gosling. Gosling. 
seriously, because prior to this, uh, he was always kind of the the pinup teenage girl like crush and like yeah. oh my god he's in that movie with the love interest anyway drive. anyway drive so this first movie that i really took ryan uh i was about to do it again <laughs> ryan gosling seriously it had the potential to be such a douchebag movie the premise is nothing really special he's a stunt driver mm-hmm. uh, who decides on the weekends to help criminals okay be the getaway car. Okay. So they rob a bank or they rob some whatever. He is the one that drives them to safety. Uh, premise of the story is that he falls in love with this woman that lives a few doors next to him in his apartment complex. The husband's in jail. And husband comes home. Oh, no. Turns out husband owes some people some money. So Ryan Gosling steps in and be like, hey, buddy, let me help you. Job goes wrong. Shit goes down. And now he's mixed up in the wrong people. Nice. Very stylistic, you know, the way that it was directed. Uh, soundtrack's amazing. Uh, cool. Anyway. So, uh, last movie. What do we got here? Wow. Is a Coen Brothers movie. Oh. Very underrated okay. uh, Coen Brothers movie. Inside Llewellyn Davis. It's called Inside Llewellyn Davis? Yeah. Or Lewin Davis, sorry. Lewin Davis. I always get messed up with that, that name. Lewin Davis. Interest. How do you spell Lewin? L-L-E-W-E-L-Y-N. Oh, yeah, I fucked that up, too. Yeah. Inside, <laughs> Lewin Davis. Okay, I've never fucking heard of that ever. Never even heard of that. I know okay. who the Coen brothers are, though. Yes, yes. And I, I remember... Thank goodness. I remember seeing this movie in theaters uh, because it had a limited release, and then it came out wide, and I was like, oh, God, I gotta see this. It takes place in the 1960s. Breakout role for Oscar Isaac, oddly enough, in Drive. Um, and uh, he's a folk uh, musician. Okay. And he made his, he had his 15 minutes of fame with his co-singer, musician guy, uh-huh. who ended up killing himself. Oh, no. And so his career kind of fell off after that. Um, he himself kind of went into a depression, whatever, and uh, he's just trying to get by. Okay. Um, but he's in New York, 1960s, and he's really trying to have his solo folk music career take off. But he has all these obstacles in his way, um, got his girlfriend pregnant, girlfriend's seeing another guy, just kind of between places, not being able to get a label to sign him up. It's a very kind of, you know, at the very end, you don't know what the hell's happening. Um, it, it's just, I, I almost want you to see it just so I can ask you what you think of the end. Yeah. Because the end makes no sense at all. Okay. Like, even, like, if you were to read the Wikipedia bullshit or whatever, <laughs> but, uh, just to make any sense. But anyway, a good movie, uh, and it really explores, um, you know, a certain very kind of niche uh, scene within the 60s, which was, like, this folk music breakout. Yeah. You know, and uh, and, and you actually you actually fall in love with, like, folk music after the folk end of Folk music was a niche in the 60s? Apparently, I mean, I mean, I mean, you I feel always... like folk music was like all that was the sixties. Oh well, I, I maybe I just have a <laughs> warped view on that shit. So anyway, uh, but but uh, T Bone Burnett uh, did the did the music, but um, music's amazing. Justin Timberlake's in it. What? Um, Carrie Mulligan's in it. What? Um, Adam Driver. When did this come out? Uh, I want to say like 2013, 14. Oh dang. Okay. Yeah. Um. So anyway, Coen Brothers movie, all that shit, good movie. Let's go over. The list. Okay, recap that list for me. Let's recap this shit. First one, The Wolf of Wall Street. Okay. The Grand Budapest Hotel. Okay. Ed Wood. Drive. Inside. Lewin Davis. 
What Dang. sounds appealing to you? This is like a hard list for me because none I of them like actually jump out. No, yeah, right away. Trying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, no. I, uh, this is I like this list. So Grand Budapest Hotel, we can cross off because we've already seen it. So we're left with the Wolf of Wall Street, Ed Wood, Drive, and Inside Ellen Davis. I I still. Uh, Lewin, Lewin Davis. I almost want to watch that one just so we can figure out how to say the name. <laughs> I think I want to go with Wolf of Wall Street. Really? Yeah, and here's really? here's why. It's why? not normally one that I would pick, but it sounds like one of those like clever movies that you really have to pay attention to understand what the fuck they're doing with all the money and shit. Sort of, yeah. And I am usually pretty alright at following those, and so it sounds interesting okay. to I'm me. I'm surprised. And also, I've been wanting to pick a movie that is like not something I would normally pick. So... Okay, all so right. So there we go. That's was that that is definitely a surprise for me because I right. thought, wow, Wolf right. of Wall Street. Wolf yes. of Wall Street. Let's go watch. My name is Jordan Belfort. Not him. Me. That's right. The year I turned 26 as the head of my own brokerage firm, I made 49 million dollars. I always wanted to be rich, so let me go back. Gentlemen, welcome to Stratton, Oakmont. You schnooks will now be targeting the wealthiest 1% of America. This is Nikki Koskoff, Chester Ming, and I'm a senior vice president for Stratton, Oakmont. Talking about whales here. Moby fucking dicks. Sound fair enough? And with this script, which is now your new harpoon, I'm gonna teach each and every one of you to be Captain fucking Ahab. Captain who? Captain Ahab, from the fucking... Book, you from the book, motherfucker, from the book. Turn your fucking brain on. Fuck you. Make a lot of money. 70,000. Well, technically, 72,000, that's one. Something like that. You show me a pay stuff for $72,000 and I quit my job right now and I work for you. Hey, listen, I quit. You don't fuck with these guys like that. Whatever the fuck you say to him, he's gonna use against you. Don't you understand? Where's my money? I don't know where your Where's money. my fucking money? Where I is don't it? know where your money is, Mr. Belfort. I didn't do anything. You don't know where He's lying to his you fucking teeth. I fucking Gentlemen. like it, people. I don't like you. You don't like you should have hired a fucking Mexican like I have in my fucking house. What? And you hired Look at this. The Wolf of Wall Street, they call it. The Emperor of Foxville came down from Foxville to give me a pass. Married people can't have friends. We're not gonna be friends. I'm going to hell, Jordan! You piece of shit! Talk, you fuck! Talk! Fuck, Jordan, look at him say I will not die sober! Get those fucking loads! Fuck it, yourself, Jordan. Sick! You're a sick man! You're looking at me like I'm crazy. Crazy? This is obscene. 
so we just finished watching Wolf of Wall Street, in case you forgot from the last two minutes. How'd you like it? Well, how'd I like it for the, uh, <laughs> the the 10th or 15th time that I've seen it? I actually really liked it a lot more than I had seen it before because it, it, it reminded me of the, you know, kind of first, uh, you know, first impressions that you got from the movie, which throughout the five movies that I've seen other than Hedwig and the Angry Inch, you know, that I've, I've, I've relived these movies with you uh, through the eyes of somebody who has seen it for the first time. And uh, with Wolf of Wall Street, it, there was just, it was so stimulating and it was so, uh, you know, you didn't really know what was happening. And it was, it was funny, but it was also heavy and dramatic. And, you know, it was a Scorsese movie and it mm -hmm. kind of teetered on this whole like kind of gangster, you know, uh, film that, you know, he's been uh, for so long known for. Yeah. Uh, but, the real question is, how did you like it, Morgan? Right. So I liked it. Okay, so you didn't tell me it was a comedy. I didn't. And I guess I, so. And I may be calling it a comedy as like a stretch, but I would call it a dark comedy. It, or it, a black comedy that's, or something, that's right? A, that's a good way to put it. Like I was chuckling comedy. the entire time. Like it was, it was absurd. It was yeah. funny. You yeah. know? Like, oh, yeah. uh, it, and I liked it. So I guess as a, a quick plot synopsis, um, so it's about uh, Jordan Belfort who's a, a poor kid who uh, goes to do his, um, like, become a stockbroker. He goes to college to become a stockbroker. Yes. And he, he takes his exam or whatever. And on the first day... Of, oh, up. sorry. He, he meets um, Matthew McConaughey. Um, and he's fucking weird. Should we, should we do a little of that? Let's not. That's it. Sorry. Audio poison. Audio poison? Yes. That's um, the best part of the movie. Audio poison. Okay, so I will Matthew interrupt the synopsis yet again because that is such a great epic part. Did you not like that part? No, I thought it was fucking out? weird. With, with, with the martinis and the coke? Yeah. He's like, okay, you need to put the money in the client's yeah. pocket into your pocket. Yeah. And then they did the whole chest bump. Yeah, which should make any sense. Oh, oh wow. Okay. All right. So Matthew McConaughey is high out of his goddamn mind yep. and he does a weird chest pounding chanting <laughs> thing, which is fucking strange. And he talks about how much you have to jack off to relieve stress. Which Twice a day. Apparently is a thing. And those are rookie numbers. I wouldn't know. Yeah. Um, got to relieve yourself. You got to think I, about money when you're relieving yourself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Weird. So, so then, <laughs> so then Leonardo DiCaprio or Jordan Belfort becomes the, um, becomes a stockbroker. And on his first day as an official stockbroker, the market hits the lowest low in however, since the thirties or whatever. Since the great depression, 1929, uh, I think it was black Monday in, uh, 1987. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, prior to, uh, 2007, the Great Recession, that was the biggest drop in the stock market since uh, the 1920s. So then he, like, got fired or something, right? Yeah, on his life. I mean, he, he, in the movie and in the book, I think it says his first day. I imagine it's probably his first, you know, month or something like that. But, yes, afterwards, the firm that he works with goes belly up, uh, you know, completely, completely done. And he's on his ass, you know. he's He's worked so hard. And I don't think people realize I... I you know, yes, I'm I'm enamored with film and art and all uh, everything like that. But you know, I, I'm also uh, you know a practical guy, and I went back to college after studying two years of art and two years of film. And you know, I even studied for a series seven, series sixty three, right. and uh, it's a hard exam. It, it, Wait, it, what is that for those that haven't seen the movie so, and don't okay. know what the fuck you're talking about? So it, it's basically it's 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 a license to basically 
sell stocks, options, bonds, mutual funds, what have you. Yes. It's basically like the bar exam for lawyers, but for financial advisors. Correct. And you basically have to put the same amount of, of, of hours into it as you would um, a, a lawyer. And, mm-hmm. um, it, and it's tough. I mean, it's, it really is tough. So to, uh, you know, to, to be faced with uh, a situation like that, it's, it's, uh, it's no easy task. Yeah. But, so he goes to this, like, like quote-unquote, like, shitty stockbroking firm selling penny stocks, which are, like, stocks that are, like, six cents a share, which, like, again, to the uninitiated, stocks are usually, like, the low price is, like, $50 a share or something. Exactly. You know, it's, it's, it's expensive. So penny stocks, six cents a share, et cetera, and then he basically just cons people into selling, giving all their money to these shitty fucking companies, mm. and he, he becomes very rich, and he starts his own stockbroking company yeah. based on that strategy, and then, um, as apparently most uh, financial people do, falls into money laundering, and it's basically just about how he goes crazy and does lots of drugs and destroys his life through money laundering yes. in the eighties and nineties. Yes, and, that, that's, and that's a, pretty much it. That's a fair. It's a, a fair summary of of, of what happens, yeah. and um, you know, throughout, you know, he, he does kind of like live this weird, you know, kind of almost celebrity life. You know, he yeah. has. He has the white Ferrari that yeah. Don Johnson used in Miami Vice. Right. You know, he, he dates he dates the Miller Lite girl, which I don't really know what that reference is. Apparently, in maybe the early 90s, a Miller Lite girl was like a... Remember, remember those you say Car- Miller Lite is the worst. So. Well, Miller Lite is the worst. But do you remember those Carl's Jr. commercials where you had like yeah. those like really hot like models yeah. like Ew. eating the burger and they were, the worst, it, like yes, the, the sauce would like fall on them Disgusting. like you know so I feel like maybe like that the Mil- like that. Miller like girls were kind of like that so yeah. anyway so he had everything going for him he had he had the hot girl he had the money and everything like that um, but really I mean it was it was it was almost like uh, what was that Michael Douglas movie um, with Charlie Sheen. That? Money talks. No, no, no. It was a Wall Street something. Oh, fuck. How am I? How am I forgetting this? How would Wall you? Street. Wait, hold on. I'm sorry. Why would you think that I know that? I don't know. Maybe you thought. I thought maybe you could help me because it's the very mainstream, like popular, popular movie. It's like oh, Wall sure. Street. It's just. I think it's just Wall Street. Okay. With Michael Douglas and Charlie Sheen. How, I'm gonna agree with you. How? How? Uh, but this is gonna be embarrassing that I am. I am like the the film guy on this, and I can't remember. I think it's just Wall Street. I okay. think it's just Wall Street. Anyway, Wall so, Street Boys. Yes. Sure, yeah. Um, and, Starring Charlie Sheen. <laughs> and Michael Douglas, yeah. As the Wall Street boy. And is like, you know, it, it, he, he spits these lines that greed is good and everything like that. And, you know, with, with regulation being as uh, relaxed as it was back in the 80s and early 90s, yeah. you know, you can't, uh, you know, or you could imagine how this type of behavior and this type of person could exist. Yeah, well, the way that they showed it was just kind of he, like, fell into it. Yeah. And when he talked, like, it kind of makes you wonder, like, how much of it did he believe? Because he would give go on these speeches and rants about how he was helping people, mm. uh, you know, by, by making these good deals for these people and giving them money and stuff. And, like, how much of that did he believe? And how much yeah. of that was him just being a weird salesman? Yeah. Like, just looking for his own game. But it kind of, like... Like, I feel like you were watching the movie, he's being really successful at the stockbroking thing, and then he, like, just all of a sudden kind of slips into it. Like, mm-hmm. slips into the money laundering thing. And before you know it, you're like, whoa, yeah. wait, you're doing illegal shit now. Like, yeah. I, I didn't realize that happened. And so you could see how easy it would be to kind of slip into that through the way that they do the storytelling. And, and the way that he's so motivational, he can mm-hmm. almost, like, pretend he's the good guy. Yeah. yeah. It, it, he can convince himself that he's mm-hmm. he's right anyway. And in the beginning of the movie, when he talks to that first uh, journalist, yeah. you know, there were, he was like, 
uh, he was described as a twisted Robin Hood, right. you know, or something like that. You know, he gives, you know, or t- from takes the from the rich, gives to himself, and is like merry band of whatever, yeah. you know. And but but it's so bizarre. Like some of the quote unquote like sales pitches right. or, or motivational speeches, so many corporations have. And I mean, it's whether it's it's from a manager or a CEO or even just. You know, I mean, it's, it's, we even worked in the insurance world right? and, you know, not to name names or to name company names, but, you know, there were times in which, you know, if there was a, a time in which days were demoralizing or yeah. whatever, we had those pep speeches, yeah. whether it be from our direct team manager or from the office manager. And, but you know, they were just kind of bullshit. <laughs> it was, it was bullshit, artificial yeah. and, and just, and, and, and you, you were kind of like, okay, yeah, maybe I'll try a little bit more because now I know that the entire office is struggling yeah. and, and now I know that it is calling for this big higher up person to actually yeah. make some speeches, you know, to us. Um, but you know, if, if you know, I, I, it, it shames me, uh, to admit that like, if I was part of, what was it? Uh, Stratford Oakmont or yeah. whatever, uh-huh. the, 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 the Strat- financial Stratton firm, Oakmont. Strat- Stratton Oakmont, there you go. Um, and if I heard, you know, uh, cause you, you saw Jordan Belford at the very end when they were taking, yeah. when they were making those speeches at the New Zealand conference at the very end, you know, even if I were to see that guy who, who's. I've seen interviews with Jordan Belford, and he's he's a little bit silly. He's a real guy. Yeah, this is based off a real story. Yeah, uh, based off of this book. Um, and in the way he talks, I feel like it's a little bit silly. I mean, it's, it's almost like he, he's an inch away from just like spitting on the microphone, uh, in, in regards to his like over passion for, yeah. for, for the film. But even if I heard that, you know, I'd still be like, okay, yeah, let's make money. I mean, even, even remember, remember that line, the, that, that monologue that, uh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio have, he's like, are you behind on your credit card bills? Good. You think your yeah. girlfriend's a fucking loser? Good. Yeah. You know, are you, are you, does your landlord want to evict you? Good. You know, and it, and it and builds use that, that motivation. That motivation exactly. A, win, a quote unquote winner. Yeah, yeah. You know, by, by being rich. Being rich like, yeah. I've, I've Which, been the poor man and I've been the rich man, and being the rich I'll man is better. Choose rich every time. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And there's a superficial quality behind that, but then there also is there. There's something almost just like uh, kind of nitty gritty about you that almost was just like yeah i kind of want to be rich you know i kind of want yeah. i kind of want to do that yeah you know and and not have those problems and 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 yeah. have those privileges or whatever but yeah but for sure i i i feel like I, I, we need to hone in on uh what you expected from the movie and what you liked and disliked about the movie so what what, what did you what did you expect from the movie when i first pitched it to you okay well i thought it was gonna be more serious i guess uh. Like, and that's, like, the biggest thing that stood out to me is, like, it, it was just so absurd that, right. like, I was laughing most of the time because, right. like, the story is just so crazy. Uh-huh. And they're just so, like, fucking, just, they're just, like, idiot guys in their mid-twenties just, like, dicking around the whole yeah, time, basically. Yeah. Like, they don't even, like, they're barely adults. He was, like, 24 uh, years old and he was, like, so rich. Like, they're barely even adults. Like, they yeah. don't even know you know, what they're doing and they're making these decisions with these huge amounts of money. So it is kind of funny and absurd. And you wonder the situation. If, if that's why they got so much flack right? for, for, for what they were doing, you know, yeah. cause they, they were young. I mean, yeah. like, you know, the, I mean, Jordan Belford was probably like 32, 33 when he was like the CEO of, of, uh, uh Stratton Belfon or Stratton Belford. Yeah. 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 They were like way young. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that just kind of lends to the whole storytelling aspect of like, 
they're, this is what they're, they're fucking immature. You yeah. know, they got yeah. all this money really quick. They're these young guys. They're doing these dumb things like, you know, fucking throwing these crazy parties and dumping cash all over themselves and, yeah. and having sex on the bed with the cash all over. And yeah. so it's kind of funny. Like I didn't, I didn't expect it to be so funny. So, yeah. Yeah. um, I and what know. did you like and dislike about it? Okay. What did I like about it? I liked, um, well, I thought, I mean, the more that I talk about it, I thought the storytelling, uh, was, was very good, you know, okay. and it kind of showed like the way that they, they put the whole thing together, showed this really fast pace is like living fast and loose kind of thing. And, um, kind of like really got you wrapped up in it. So you, you feel it more, I don't know, more viscerally than if you were just watching, like you kind of felt like you were a part of the yeah. whole situation of, of living fast and, and, and just being wrapped up in this world where you can't really get out and you just kind of keep going forward. And there's just this uh, momentum where mm -hmm. you're just moving forward, moving forward. You can't stop. So yeah. I really did feel that in the movie. And even though it was, Oh my God, a three hour movie, which you also didn't tell me I did not. before we started watching and it. And I thought maybe it was like two hours and 20 minutes, oh my but God, no, it, it is, three it is hours long. a solid three hours. Hey, but it didn't really feel like it Good. because they oh, crammed that's, that's, so much into three that hours. That makes me feel better. That so, makes me feel better. Yeah. So right. they, they crammed so much into three hours, which was kind of insane too, that yeah. there was so much crammed into it. And it yeah. just kind of goes with that, they actually, that momentum. They, thing. they span like 10 years. Yeah. I mean, like it starts like in eight, 1987 yeah. and he gets arrested. I think in 98 oh, really? or something okay. like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's uh, like he, he, and it's been a while since he released his book. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I, I seriously, he, he, I think he was arrested in like 98 or I'm sorry. Yeah. 98, 99, uh, spent three years and then wrote his book. And then it was, it took him like 10 years to get that book yeah. made, you know, and recognized by, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and, uh, Scorsese. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, 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 it's, it's one of those things where this, this story really had to really resonate and have to, cause you could see, I feel like you, as, as just an outside perspective, you can see how this story may have happened. You can see how these people may have existed, mm -hmm. but w it, it really does need to be told through the lens of Scorsese and, and this type of production quality and team, uh, you know, to really hone in on like, yeah, this kind of shit happened. And it was very real and it was funny and it yeah. was casual and you yeah, know, casual. That's it, a really good word for it. Is it just so casually kind of one not? thing led to another? These guys just were just could. like captains of industry. I mean, yeah. they were just. I mean, I remember that's uh, fun coupons. I yeah. Mean, I, honestly, if if I made well, what what do you say? Like like a million dollars a week? Yeah. And that really pissed them off because, or like it was like it was a little under a million dollars yeah, a week, and that right. really pissed them off. Yeah. But I mean, it's just like yeah, I, I, if I made a million dollars a week. I would probably just shuffle out $100 bills and be like, hey, look, guys, these are fun coupons. Yeah. Which is basically what he says. Yeah. And, uh, so, yeah, um, for sure. It's, uh, and, and, and none of, I mean, very, very, I mean, I'm talking 0.001% of us will ever reach that. Ever. Yeah. I mean, we have, we have delusions of grandeur and shit like that. I mean, like, you know, even if we make money hand over fist in our small little worlds and shit like that, and if, if we can go out to restaurants and, you know, wine and dine big people that we want to impress we'll never get to that point wait 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 oh are you telling me that doing a podcast isn't gonna make us billionaires well because that's why i was doing the podcast 
was for the money. Well, if if we continue with what we're doing right now, I think I think that might be on the horizon. Okay. As, like the immediate horizon, right? As of now, I wouldn't have you invest too much in me. Oh shit. To deliver that to you. Oh god. So if that's a deal breaker. Oh. Guys, this might be the last episode. Oh, no. Oh, jeez. Oh, no. She just wanted me for my deep voice and my money. Yep. Oh, no. gee willikers. No. All right. Anyway. Anyway, we've reviewed Wolf of Wall Street, which I'm actually glad that you chose that. And I was a little surprised. I actually thought you chose it to compensate for the last episode, which was Hedwig. Um, what? No. Well, no, no, no. I, I, I was like, I was... I, in my mind, I overanalyze things and I over, I overthink things. I'll admit that shit. And I thought maybe he's like, oh, he's gonna choose Hedwig, so maybe I should choose a Martin Scorsese movie well, about 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 Wall Street. And... I don't know anything about Martin Scorsese. <gasps> oh my god! But now I know a little bit because I watched a three-hour movie that he made. Yes, and it was a good one. Yeah. And and his style and how? Okay, who was the editor? Can you remember that name? No. <gasps> Thelma, <laughs> you said something about it. Thelma Schoonmaker. Okay. Oh, I am in love with that 72-year-old woman or however old she is. And she does like weird editing techniques. Oh, yeah. She's been that doing we that for about. the past 30 yeah. years. And she's great at it. And it's all just her and Scorsese just being like, hey, let's be out of the norm. Let's be unconventional, unorthodox, yeah. you know, kind of kind of dealing it. And, and it's great. Um, so I love Thelma Schoonmaker. Um, she, she, she makes movies, um, as much as Martin Scorsese does. Uh, so I have cool. much respect for her, but, um, anyway, uh, okay, well let's, let's, let's do this right now because I feel like we, we've gone to some pretty deep subjects okay. over Wolf of Wall Street and sure. Scorsese and the editors and uh-huh. just film in general and Wall Street, okay. which there's probably a hell of a lot more to say about I'm Wall sure Street. I'm sure there is, but I but don't know shit is, about it. This is not the podcast to do it on, nope. okay? This is all about film, yes. all right? So, let's do this. Yes. How many IPOs would you give this movie? How many dollar bills would you give this movie? What's, what's a good uh, ranking metric for this movie? IPOs, Benjamins, dollars, Cocaine bags. Should we do quaaludes? Yes! Stop clapping on the fucking recording. (laughs) But keep it in because that's a good clap. Okay. How did I not think of quaaludes? Quaaludes are the essential... Are you going to explain? ...motif of this movie. Not motif. Oh my god. Ooh, you know what you should do? It's just like his drug of choice. You oh, but oh, I mean, is it though? I mean, he's done all type. It is drug, his drug it of is. choice. They talk about quaaludes. Yes, he does. And, and you can't get him anymore. Just and so, like light drugs. Leonardo DiCaprio had a monologue about quaaludes and how yeah, you can't get them anymore because they don't exist anymore. That's what we call them. Yes. All right. So <laughs> as many people did back in the day. Thomas. Yeah, Morgan. How many quaaludes out of ten quaaludes would you give this film? Ooh. Okay. I'm bumping it up to ten this time. Okay. All right. Good. Because, okay, out of all the Scorsese films, it's a hard one. But Wolf of Wall Street was definitely an entertaining movie. It was funny. It was dramatic. I uh, I will be remiss to say, well, let me, let me put it this way. I can't see Scorsese doing a better movie than The Wolf of Wall Street for a good long while. And that's sad to say because he is roughly 72 years old. So I would say about 9 out of 10 Quaaludes. Wow. Yeah. 9 out of 10 Quaaludes. Out of all the movies that he's done, Wolf of Wall Street was a good movie. All right. 
But more importantly, uh-huh. to somebody who has seen very little of Scorsese's art. This might be the only one. <gasps> who knows? <laughs> I, would, I, I wouldn't know. So. <sighs> anyway. Well, again, that, that, that makes this evaluation and review so much more potent. What would you give it? All right. My rating, hmm. I'm going to go ahead and give it 8 out of 10 Quaaludes. Okay. And the okay. reason why it's not a full 10 out of 10 was because I want to be picky. I guess I don't have a reason. It might as well just be a 10 out of 10 Quaaludes. Well, hang on. Why well, don't we just do a 9 out of 10 Quaaludes? Well, okay. But you wanted to be picky at one point, right? Yeah, but I just feel well, like nothing's perfect, so that's oh, why. Okay. So there was nothing that, like, hit you the wrong way? No, it was good. It was okay. all very good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. All right, all right. All right. I'll take it. Nine out of ten Quaaludes. Nine out of ten There you have it, folks. I like it. Across the board. I like it. Nine out of ten Quaaludes. Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street. Bam. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. So I think that's going to do it for us today. I think so. Uh, Special shout-out to Robert Torres for commenting on our Instagram. Thank you, Robert, for listening and giving us a, a little love on the Instagram you can find us on Instagram at Academy Outcasts. Uh, like us and uh, comment. You might get uh, mentioned on the show. Um, and you can also find us. Where else can, can people find us? Well, you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. Basically, wherever there is a way to find us, you can find us. All right. right. Oh, so. and we are now on Stitcher. Ooh. Also, for you Android users, we are on Stitcher. So, there you go. Um, on iTunes and on Stitcher, go ahead and rate, to review, and subscribe uh, yes. so that everyone can know uh, how much you like or, I guess, dislike us. But I hope you like us because you're listening right now and you made it through the episode. You might as well. Um, and uh, go ahead and tweet at us on Twitter, at Academy Outcasts. Um, and tweet if you, at us. Yes, if you tweet at us, we might just mention you on the show like we did to Mr. Boom. Robert. Get your name on a podcast, yeah. all right? It'll you it, can put that on your resume. It'll work out for you. Yeah, absolutely. It, it will work out for you. Podcast of the way of the future. Um, I guess that does it for us. Uh, yeah. And we will see you in two weeks' time. Indeed. Um, and until then, I've been uh, Morgan Spatola. I've been Thomas German. And that's a wrap. <laughs>